Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Here we go. Back on our regular night. I think our microphones are on. The microphones are on. <laughs> yes. You sure? Yes. Okay. I can see the little winky blinkies. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, we are back. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What? All right. Um, welcome. Two hours of some of the most brilliant pontificating that you will find on the internet. Okay, this we'll go with H2O that. This is the H2O podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. <laughs> I'm Timothy Harvey. Is that pretentious enough? I mean, we are talking about the Oscars tonight. Well, I think right? we're talking less about the Oscars and more about the science fiction and, and talking a little bit about horror films as well. Uh, the best films of 2019. And uh, the Oscars, like every award show, um, is a kind of popularity contest. <laughs> Well, it's interesting about what's interesting about the Oscars is that you f- see so many look back at so many films that won awards that people don't know anything about. Right. Look at the film and go, "Why did this win something?" And and in those cases, a lot of times they won because for whatever reason they were hugely popular at the box office. Maybe, in some cases, even that's up in the air. And some of them, it's like uh, I'd say a lot of cases that was up in the air. Well, and I think that you run into well, you run into. I'm talking. I'm, I'm if you go back. Several decades, sure. you can find a lot of pictures that are, it's like, what is this movie? No one's even heard of it in modern. You know, you, if you take a if you take a modern film class where they talk about the best films, mm. so a lot of these films don't even show up anywhere near the, the list. Yeah, <clears throat> and certainly you can debate the value because God knows we debate the value of hosts for award shows uh, <laughs> dramatically. Now, um, I just I read an article today where someone was like. Uh, you know, made a really passionate and logical argument why the Oscars needs a host, and I've seen a, I've seen just a passionate and well argued discussion of why hosts are terrible for the Oscars because mm-hmm. it just you sure. know, it's uh, and and no matter what happens, no matter what happens, no matter who wins, somebody's upset about it, which is how contests work that's how it goes there's always a loser um and speaking of uh losers and winners just so i can twist this around a little bit you can win you can win a 10 percent discount see how i did that i just kind of spun that into the next thing superherostuff.com use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and get a 10 percent discount uh, those of you who are watching, and especially if you're a regular, we do thank you for your support. And uh, we do have a Subscribestar account if you would like to support us in a financial manner. We've got the, and, the PayPal tip jar and the Subscribestar. And win our undying thanks. Win our undying thanks and devotion and help us get to uh, C2E2. <laughs> I said thanks. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, Robert in the chat, uh, he said uh, hello to all of us, and he says he's checked out the first episode of Lock and Key. What'd you think? And he says it didn't fascinate me, but I might warm up to it. So it's a slow burn. It's a, it's a slow burn, and and that may not be to your taste. And I'm 
seven episodes in, and I am of mixed feelings. I'll talk more about this uh, in print over the next next few weeks, actually. We're but, two episodes into Picard. I am three into Picard. And it's okay. It's a, it's a slow burn as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. Um, I liked the third episode. Um, there was some interesting character stuff going on, and I'm it, I, I'm waiting for the show. When, once it kicks in, yeah, because yeah, it's it's there's there, there's this, this is setup stuff. I'm I'm struck by the notion, and maybe it's just me getting old, but I'm struck by the notion that the longer I'm in all of this, the longer I'm paying attention to things I like. Mm-hmm. That's it's really broad. Um, but especially doing what we do and being aware of all of the different things that go on back and forth and back and forth and watching, watching how politics has become a thing everywhere, you know, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart saying that Brexit and Trump factor in quite a bit in in this new show i'd and, say you could argue, you could argue there's a sense of isolationism uh, that the federation current spoiler alert for the show that the yeah, federation's currently going through but but you look at the mark the marketing of a number of different things and we've talked about this before captain sure, america right birds of prey you know ewan mcgregor coming out and saying oh it's a it's a feminist girl power thing and, and it's a blow to misogyny and all this like that's that's not how you attract an audience and i sit there and i think well maybe it's just maybe it's just me maybe i'm getting old and set in my ways enough that i just don't care anymore i was talking on on uh children with pineapple last night one of the things that i've noticed in the past year i've gotten married which is something I never thought I would do again. And have a house now, which is something I had really kind of given up on. And put up a Christmas tree for the first time since the Dalek tree in 2012 that didn't impress the youngling at all. So I just decided, well, the heck with it. I'm not going to do anything. And... That one's broken, by the way. Oh, okay. So you just um, you, you have to you have off. I know, but uh, you've got me up, and now I'm not in the front. Center me up in the frame the other way. There we go. Little technical, uh, a little technical issue there with the tripod, but uh, that's that's the way it is. That's okay. Um, but you know, I'm I'm seeing these things. You know, I watched the Super Bowl for the first time in I don't know how long. I went over to my cousin's house and watched the Super Bowl there. It's the first I did the same thing. I used to watch for the commercials. And then the commercials got stupid and boring and I knew what's the point Most I'm not going to watch. Most of the commercials them. this year were stupid and boring. Yeah, they were. And uh, although Groundhog Day for Jeep. That okay. was that, that was, was good. clever. That was good. Um, I I appreciate I the Aquaman one was was entertaining. I, yeah, okay. I I appreciated the commitment to a dumb joke. With the with the, was it Tide was whoever the laundry detergent. Oh one? yes. Okay, I appreciate the commitment to the joke. But it was still dumb. But it was so dumb. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly do. I thought that was really clever. And expensive. And it touched me not at all. I, I felt no, you know, but but I was like. 
to that advertising team, I tip my hat. It might be. It might have been different had it, had it, had it not been Charlie Day. Because I don't care about Charlie Day. Charlie Day, okay, he's he's a he's a comedic actor. He's mm-hmm. done some stuff. We've seen him in the in the um, Pacific Rim right, yeah, stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, and who he is. But there's but no, connection. You don't there's, connection. There's no there. real investment in yeah. Charlie well, Day. Well, I think that I think that, that, that if that's... somebody like um, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, maybe you know, Fluffy. If Fluffy was doing the Tide commercials all the way through, I'd, I'd sit and watch. I'd pay attention. He's I did funny. A, I did appreciate that they actually had as much space-focused commercials. Mm. I thought that was that was a they 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 said they were going to do that, and I thought that was really kind of interesting. Um, I did get a big laugh out of explaining to my uh, cousin's husband. Uh, because they had the Walmart commercial with all the aliens. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right. And the Mars Attacks aliens showed up. Uh-huh. And he was like, I need to see that. And I said, when you do, think about this commercial again and realize that if they were true to character of the movie, it'd be a very, very different <laughs> commercial. <laughs> and I would have paid what? to see that. <laughs> the The funny thing is that's, a, that's an extension of the commercials from last year when you had all of the vehicles. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you had the Batmobile and you had the DeLorean and you had the right, Ecto-1 yeah. and, and, and all of those. So uh, it was funny. And, of course, they've got Alex Winter doing the Bill and Ted thing. Right. Which Bill and Ted is in That's production right. right now, Bill and Ted 3. A so film we thought we'd never get. I know, right? Uh, Robert says, I watched the Super Bowl Scientology commercials. Reminds me I need to look up the newest one. I didn't see any Scientology commercials. Um, so a lot of commercials are regional for the Super Bowl. Ah. In fact, we were actually looking for, we have a client that actually took out an ad during the Super Bowl. Oh. And, I mean, it's a regional ad. And so, of course, they're not anywhere near the price point. They buy the, yeah, they buy yeah. the, the, the network, the way it works, a little inside baseball, the way it works, the network has a certain amount of time set aside in select commercial breaks right. that the local stations can put their commercials in. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll see the national stuff and then... Denver will see maybe a CBD oil spot while Dallas is seeing a, uh, a truck dealer, right. you know, something like that. And so. unfortunately, we were not apparently in the market that that commercial ran because we were like really looking forward to seeing mm. what are they going to do, um, you know? And because we weren't expecting anything like crazy, but we yeah. were, you know, we were like, let's see what they come up with, and we we're like, ah. <laughs> Which is a weird thing. We're going, we want to see our client's commercial in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, and it is kind of fun to, to see, fun. especially if you know people that are in the spots. And I was watching, um, um, you know, because uh, my cousin knows that I've, I've done some film stuff, she's like, you know, what do you, uh, do you know any of these? I'm like, I, well, I said, I, I, I know who, I've seen that actor in mm. the commercial, in other commercials. I know he's from Kansas City, but... Yeah, and I could because I, I couldn't tell you what his name was. There is a cosplayer uh, from Dallas, Crystal Star. Mm-hmm. We have interviewed her. Uh, we interviewed her four years ago now. Jeff Hackworth mm-hmm. interviewed her uh, about her work with special needs students right. in art. She's an art teacher for them, and she's now on the new Lego Masters commercial uh. show over on Fox. And I saw her make a comment that she was in six different commercials 
through the day. And I don't know if it was six commercials for Lego Masters or if she's in other stuff because she's been hinting mm -hmm. and teasing at other projects that mm -hmm. she's working on because she's been out in California a lot. Um, but it's good to see her, you know, doing stuff. She's she's wearing her Harley colors in her hair and doing the Lego Masters show, and uh, we wish her well. But um, <coughs> yeah, but it, for me looking at all of this stuff now and knowing what's going on behind everything I get really tired sometimes I tell you what I I've gotten to the point where I don't care overall and there's exceptions to the rule we've talked about we've talked about the the you know, separating the art from the artist kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? But I've gotten to the point where if I like a TV show or a movie, I honestly don't care all that much about what happened. I mean, if there's an interesting production story, I find that interesting. Sure. But because, you know, the... Oh, for example, um, I don't care for James Wood's politics or his tendency to to like everybody else on Twitter mm. sometimes just don't say something just just don't say <laughs> something okay but James Woods is an amazing actor he, there's times he's just genius on screen all right so if and you have to ask yourself that and everyone's got to make that decision for themselves where they where they stand with this right but for me just for me I can't I'm not I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong folks I'm, I'm gonna just I might disagree with you but I'm not. You got to figure this out for yourself because I can't. I can't make these choices for you. Sure. I mean, I could, but that would be wrong. Right. So, <laughs> you will all do as I look the, directly in my eyes. But, well, in I, but I, just for example, yeah. going to, to Picard. Um, I have no illusions about about Patrick Stewart's politics. He's never been particularly quiet about it. Right. Um, but honestly, as I'm watching the show, it is really easy. For me to turn because of because of the history of Star Trek because because of how we've seen Starfleet act in the original series yeah. and in the movies to look at this and go okay here's the phase where Starfleet is in an it mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't feel alien it's it doesn't feel grafted on in a we're making a, mo a, a modern political point through science fiction which by the way is what science fiction's been doing for as long as but at the same oh. time. Robert Robert Meyer Burnett, I think, was one was the one who made the observation that one of the issues that he has with modern Star Trek is since two thousand nine, since the reboot of Ab that Abrams yeah. brought us, everything forward of that has been informed by nine eleven, and it's all been this dystopian. There's an attack. Things are terrible. It's a disaster. Oh, this is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Terrible, terrible, bad. Okay, hold on. Where's where's Star Trek? Mm -hmm. Because even in the original series, when Star Trek got quote-unquote political, let that be your last battlefield being the worst of the lot, there was still this message of... Everything can be better. Right. We we've grown past this. We've gotten out of this. We we grew bigger and better and 
and you don't have the hope of the old Star Trek in the new Star Trek I would, I as would, much. I would say that there's some of that to be sure, but also remember that Deep Space Nine was well before 2009, and Deep Space Nine is a dark, dark show. It is a dark show, but it still says Starfleet and the Federation has an ideal worth fighting for well, to make things better for everybody. And I think that, I think that one of the things that I'm expecting to see out of Picard, and we'll see how it plays out, is that by the end of this, we'll be on that track again. I would hope. This is, I, I think, really much is, very much this is a phase. And and I think there's something else that, that they did here that they did with the Klingons in the original series. Because, mm. I mean, there was certainly amount, um, you know, the Klingons as... The Klingons were the Russians. Were the Russians. <laughs> and in some ways, since Next Generation on, that's been the Romulans. Right. And so we've reached this point here where, and and as much as I appreciate the positive view of, of humanity that, that, that Starfleet and the Federation uh, put forth, one of the things that did keep coming up in the original series and in, in, in the original crew movies is that it's made up of flawed people. Because and for and and because that's a compelling story. Right. Perfect people don't. Perfect people are dull. That's one of the reasons why this the first season of Next Generation was so right. Uh, and off Rod, because Rod, everybody got along. And Roddenberry wanted that. He wanted this uh, utopian vision, which is which is great in theory, but dull in terms of in storytelling. Yeah. Well, let me let me rephrase. It's got that. to have conflict. It's hard to tell a utopian, a fun utopian story. Yes. Um, and so, the idea that the. the from a, from a writing standpoint, the idea that the um, long simmering, long you know, the stories of of Romulans and the war and all these different things, the, the conflicts of the Romulans, would turn into a backlash is not outside of our nature as a humanity. And the idea that people would make principal decisions, yeah. um, and and you haven't seen episode three, so Picard discusses a principal decision that he made. And and then it and then not only does he make the principal decision, but there's consequences to that decision, and so there's interesting things going on here. Now, how this plays out as the show progresses, um, like I said, so far I'm I'm interested. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Yeah. I like the fact that Star Trek Star Trek has done um, a really good job of leaning in to characters getting older, and really sitting there yeah. and going, okay, just because just because we've gotten older doesn't mean we're we can't be effective. We started, it started in Wrath of Khan, really. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some of it in, in, the, in the motion picture, but in Wrath of Khan, there was this acknowledgement that the original crew was getting older and that age was having an effect. And there's a moment in, was it the second episode? Yeah, second episode where Picard goes to Starfleet and then the kid behind the counter just looks at him. Yeah. And it's, um, it's that's a real moment that, that people get, you know? Uh, you used you used to be somebody, <laughs> yeah. And just because someone you know, and and I love the fact that that Star Trek has always done a really good job with that, and they do they do it here. Um, there's moments where Picard doesn't move like a young man, and there's his and his age fine. shows, yeah. And I appreciate that. So one of the things, especially that, since we're getting older, well, too. but when you consider how how spry Patrick Stewart is at his age. He is a active active man. Although you, ha you have to have to remember though that Patrick Stewart is only in his what late 60s early 70s. Early 70s. And Jean-Luc Picard is supposed to be 94 at right. this. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. Well, yeah, but some not, of that but, but some nine, of that physical movement and not not well, sure. moving around nine, fast could no. just be well. Ninety four is the new seventy two. It's sure. So anyway, um, like I said, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they're going with it. A lot. It 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 works for me in a way that say the first two, especially the second of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek didn't. I think the I think the third Star Trek movie, which should have been the second Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it might have, it might not have lost its, it might have, collapsed, might have collapsed, um, probably still would have. But the second one leaned more into that original series feel, and I think honestly, of the three of them, the third one is the best one yeah. for making for You've for letting that. this cast actually have. I still haven't seen it. I haven't. I haven't and, seen Into Darkness. I haven't seen Beyond. And now, I, don't, I don't recommend seeing. The, well, I tell, I, don't, I tell a lie. I don't have. I don't have as active a resistance feeling for Beyond, mm -hmm. but it goes back to that whole "I just don't care." Right. Yeah. You know, they they lost me when they blew up Vulcan, and they killed Spock's mother, and right. all all of these things that you know, we're changing things just to change things, and 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 it doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Why did Nero go back to kill Jim Kirk? Well, in Proto Matter. Because, it's, because it's the of his planet blowing. I mean, the it's, whole. It's, it's, the, it's, there's no logic in this movie at all whatsoever. Hand wavy up so much hand. Yeah, but no, like I said, the. Uh, the. The politics of the people performing only mattered to me when I let it matter. More often than not, yeah. I can just sit there and set it aside and go, okay, but do I like the TV show? You are an exception, though. When it, when it comes to when it comes to the social media uh, universe, and it just, it, because you've so, even admitted you're not on Twitter that much. I try you don't do so, social media. But and when I, you and have, honestly, when I'm on Twitter, you know what I do? I follow legal Twitter <laughs> because they have funny... I don't know how I got into funny lawyer stories. Yeah. But funny lawyer stories has become my like one thing. Go to Twitter and I go like, look up this lawyer and I'm like, oh, that's a funny story. And then so I put you it away. Obviously, you obviously have not encountered law Twitter as 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 it connects to the Vic Mignogna case. Oh, I have. Ugh, oh, I have. It's just. It's uh, been, well, and, and I, can t I, I would say this. Uh, Vic Mignogna needs to choose better legal representation because <laughs> from everything that I have read, from all the folks who are predicting... And we don't. We, this is a whole different topic. Yeah, we'll come back. Maybe, maybe we'll come maybe. back to this. Um, it's in the appeals position for the appeal yeah. state right it's, now, folks. So this is where things grind to a halt and take a really long time. So you don't expect fireworks anytime soon. But there were there have been a number of legal people who have pointed out, and they backed it up with tweets to show that they basically said as soon as this went, and these are folks who are familiar with anti-slap laws, and they said they're. Vic's gonna lose. He's just gonna lose because the, the law is not on his side. It just yeah. simply isn't. And and even if even if it was on his side, he has a bad lawyer. And I that's, saw. I mean, so yeah, I've read I've read yeah. a lot of that. I saw in in the discussion coming out of the initial trial mm. that one of the one of the problems that they ran into, one of the things that his team encountered, because. Beard wasn't the one making all of the arguments. He was there, but they had a, they had brought in another, at the another end, lawyer. And at the end, they did because Beard. No, was he was there from the beginning. I mean, Beard made Beard made some cases, but this Sam guy, this other guy, he was there the whole time. I don't think he. I don't think he made the presentations as off as much. But um, some of the analysis that I saw coming out of it was that the case had been prepared as a whole. And the judge took it 
piece by piece. <clears throat> well, and because of that, a large uh, again, pieces this, of it. This, well, I throw this out, so now this doesn't work. And, and see, I, no, I, I, what I hadn't seen—that uh, I had not seen—and I have to go back. I, I, I'm not sure I want to because the whole thing is a, <laughs> a mess. Uh, but at the same time, um, I might because on some release, on a legal level, it's it's interesting. Um, the I have no I have no investment in these characters. Yeah, as people, so I just I don't have any emotional attachment. But anyway. The the uh, there was an argument recently where I saw someone talking about how um, that that something about the, how how the judge considered the case. There's a lot of back and forth about how the judge considered the case, and some lawyers were pointing out that it's not the, the judge's job is your, the lawyer's job is to convince the judge. The mm -hmm. law is the law is the law. Right. And you and you make you you reference these other cases, you use it as you make and, the and arguments, you, and you back up your you documents points, right. and all this stuff. And and they said that that over and over and over again, what Beard failed to do, and Beard has no experience in this type of law. Right. His only experience, the only experience that he has claimed to have, popped up after he took the case, and was in the case. It wasn't. It was, this is this is his, his law firm simply does not have experience in this, and that's a problem. You want, and this is where this is where, however you feel. About about Vic, you when you are going into court, you want to make sure and and, a and doing using a specific kind of law mm. and and addressing a specific set of laws and rules and how people interact in this way. You get the person who knows the most about it. And in this particular case, <coughs> it really seems that Vic did not make the right choice with his lawyer, and that's. Leaving aside how you feel about any of these people, yeah. that is a thing that it has not worked out for him because he's going because the yeah, consensus is, is and he's probably lose something on that we're going to have to circle back on and discuss yeah. again because there is still stuff that's going on. Not just the fact that the case is in the the appeals process oh, sure. now, but you still see Monica and Ryan and and Jamie and Chris Sabat and and Sean Shemmel, all of these people, oh, people are still, still every, defaming everyone. Everyone's still talking and, about everything. Yeah, um, still and, and quite frankly, so. the as far as I can tell, um, what's his name the 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 guy who did not do himself any favors when it turns out the Ty Beard was his family lawyer, uh, who's been uh, on uh, he connected he connected. Uh, oh, Nick, Nick Ricada. Nick Ricada. Yeah, Ty Beard is his family lawyer. He didn't tell anybody that when they started the GoFund with the the fundraising part of it. Mm. This came out. People were like, "Oh, really? That's interesting." Um, anyway, he has not done himself any favors by a lot of his own public appearances on social media, or and uh, he has. Uh, um, but to cert but but to circle back around yeah, anyway, as far as as far as digression. all of all of. Social media being yeah, yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Um, when you look at things, and and even even in our topic of the best of 2019, oh, yeah. the best movies or the best thing, you look at what happened with Joker. You know, so many nominations for Oscars, and they didn't. It, it didn't win, and it didn't win, and it didn't win. And you look at Twitter, and you have a certain segment. And you could you could say it's the SJW crowd. Or you could say it's a certain segment of, of of political Twitter, which was celebrating the fact that Joker was losing. Oh, it didn't win. It didn't win. It didn't win. And then Joaquin Phoenix wins Best Actor for Joker, when there had been the big 
social outcry of, you know, that whole white man bad thing, because it became a thing, and... I tended yeah, to it, see more of people recognizing that he did give an excellent performance. And I've seen the film, and quite frankly, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty with some good performances, but guys, it's not a best picture film. I'm sorry. That's my, and my, again, yeah. my opinion. I don't think it should have won best picture. I, it looks like we're, I'm seeing a, a something in the chat on our Twitch channel. Uh, is, is there a comment there, over there in the, you can look right there in the control panel screen. And take a shave, hippie. Take a shave, hippie? Yes. Okay. From cruising in from Mars. Cruising in from Mars. Well, cruising well, in from Mars over I, on Twitch says that one of us needs to... Say, um, I, guess, I guess it must be me. I guess it must be you. because going to have to pass on the hippie thing. <laughs> Sorry. But... Neither one of us are hippies. I mean, we're not that old. Okay. Well, not... and not, not only that, it, it, that's definitely not the lifestyle. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a cardigan, but it's comfortable. Well, it although, I, it, and it could it could very well be a, a, yeah. a reflection of how the conversation's going there. Well, so. and you know what? Uh, you know, the, I've, I've never, I've never uh, done a particularly good job of even remotely trying to hide my... my opinions on things when we talk about this stuff and, and neither do you and that's okay well and and to to go back to to all of this you know the whole cancel culture stuff um we have a mutual contact who has admitted to me that he has actively campaigned and told people not to do business with me oh. from a media production standpoint and also Sci-fi for me is one of the reasons why we didn't get invited back to the lightsaber challenge again oh, this great. year is because I voted for Donald Trump and he has actively basically smeared and maligned me to people and, and said, don't do business with this guy because he voted for Donald Trump. And that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. I mean, I think you. I, I think you were wrong to, but that's my well, opinion. <laughs> if Ted Cruz had run, I would have voted for him. And I think I, you would have been I, wrong I, to vote for him as well. Well, okay, so <laughs> we, we're not going to get into that discussion because you'd lose. But anyway, well, just be, look, uh, and, and again, I don't want I, we we have a different topic, but. <laughs> the, the the thing is, is that we say we have a different, different topic. topic. We're gonna get we to sort it. of got to <laughs> got to get to the topic. Um, the thing is, is that uh, people are not a single thing; they're just not. And people are uh, people are complicated. People are messy. Yes. And there are I leg there are there are people who I see on the news. Or read about in the news, or or they get up on and and they say something that I'm just like, what a monstrous thing to say! I cannot, I, I, this is you are horrid, and I, and I and unfortunately the news is full of these people, right? Mm. And not just not just in the U.S. around the world, the humanity's got some bad people in it, yes. and and but the thing is, is that they go home to their wife or their husband and their kids, and they are. Uh, and, the, and this is not a variation of even the Nazis love their moms, okay? Yeah. But the because that's that's an that's a uh, pushing it. That's a specious argument. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that just because you don't agree with someone politically, 
or religiously or et cetera, et cetera. When you make those hard boundaries, and there's a difference between, mm, there's a difference between a political fight, because mm. political fights is how, it's policy. Policy. It's policy. Yes, and, and, and then, and there's a difference between looking at someone and saying, "You personally, on the opposite side of this viewpoint, are my enemy." Yeah, and, and that's and that's where we're at. Is is on both sides in a way that I don't know how we break it down. And we've seen what happens, by the way. We've seen what happens when this crystallizes into a thing uh, that doesn't go away. Um, Ireland dealt with it, mm -hmm. and they're not the only only country that's had to deal with this. But Ireland dealt with it for, you know, the troubles, and people died. Yeah. And and the cut they've largely moved past this. And the recent election in um, in Ireland, the, I follow UK politics because my family is Scottish. But, um, but, uh, you know, the the fact that that Sinn Fein, the political wing of the IRA, mm. has evolved into what appears to be an actual governing. Political, political body, body that, yeah. that now that they are in a position where they are roughly a third of the people voted for them at a time when Ireland is in a really kind of uh, yeah with Brexit and everything going on there there's a there's some questions about all, a lot of different things economically but there's some interesting things going on there the worst part of the of the troubles the worst part of this you know Catholic uh, Protestant death fest that was going on for mm -hmm. a while was where they, we were teaching our children to do this, right? The, the the mothers taught their children, the fathers taught their children, they taught their children to hate the other side. And it got ingrained to the point that dragging that out, the country dragging itself to where it is now, um, you know, was a very painful process. And people died along the way. It's a thing that you have to be careful about because just because you can disagree with somebody mm. and not stab them. <laughs> well, and and we've seen this. We've seen this now with, within the genre. This is oh, not sure. just. Yeah, this is no, not yeah. just across everywhere. It's it's, it's it's infected genre, and I say infected because we saw it with the Hugos. There was a political fight in the Hugos that still. You know, the conservatives, and I use that word loosely, the conservatives have basically just walked away from the Hugos. I would argue they're not, they're not that they're using conservatives is not the right word there. Conservatives, libertarians. I would argue that's still not cent right. Center, because. I would still not argue that. I would still well, argue. It's, but see, the, the thing is, and and you go back, I go back to the, uh, was it was it Rasmussen? That showed how far left the left has gone. Okay, so everybody to the right. Rasmussen is, is, is widely regarded by a lot of people on both sides of the political line as being not terribly reliable as a poll. It tends to be an outlier compared to everybody else, and there's that's a methodology thing, and a lot of people don't trust it. That's not a left-right thing, guys. But at the that's same a time, numbers thing. But at the same time, you look at the behavior that happened in in the Hugos, and and. Throughout all of, of everything that's going on, Anime Gate with mm -hmm. Vic, you have uh, the you know Gamer Gate and what it evolved into. It basically you got hijacked in, by by identity politics. You've got Comics Gate. Mm -hmm. You've got all of these different movements that are driven. They're they're driven by 
particular thought, particular mm-hmm. you know sure. goals and and principles and perspectives, and at some point somebody throws politics into it. Oh yeah, yeah no question. Where um, it it's not absolutely necessary to have politics in it, but it becomes political, mm. and. If you don't agree with me, you're evil. And 85, 90% of the time, that's coming from the left. I'm going to argue that till I die, because I see the exact same thing on the right. I just do, and, and I can pull up courses right and left. And you cannot... T- I want you to find me, the person on the left. And that's, I'm, I'm actually asking you, mm. point somebody out. Who's as horrid a person as Vox Day? I mean, Vo- I'm sorry, guys. He's... I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with that only because Vox Day is an affectation. Vox Day the is a pers- character. The person behind it is yeah, but you don't awful. know. Every, but you don't know every, how much is Ted Beal and how much is Vox Day. Everything Ted, he's I, leaned I, into. I know the only thing I know about him is what he's put forth. And yeah, that's but the only thing but, I as, but on. he's put that forth as Vox Day, then and he's he has, leaned into this then character. He has no one else because people himself, have painted him to be this has, evil terrorist, and he's he like, okay, well, I'll just embrace it. And that's he's but, poking the bear. Are you sure? Yeah. How are you sure? Because people associated with him and him, he himself has said as much. Okay, but the thing is, this is the, this is the entire you, thing is to show person, if you are how person, reactive people are. I think that's garbage. I'm sorry. Everything I've seen from him tells me the exact opposite. So uh, sorry. Well, then, again, we don't need to get, get into this. But the thing is, is that the thing is, is that um, we come at this from different political points ourselves. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of things I see on the right right now. That I find quite frankly terrifying, as a from from, and I see a lot of it in, in in the public in the, the very public religious figures that Trump is associating with, mm. who I find to have their religious worldviews to be a little scary, for what would be involved for, say, my child, or several of my friends, or myself for that matter, mm. because if a lot of these people got their way, I would be part of the group that was up against the wall when the revolution comes. And they've actually said things publicly to indicate that that would actually be their goal. And these are people that are very prominent in right-wing religion, mm. that have the ear of the president, and blah, 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 blah. We can go on for hours <laughs> on this, right? So Good. again, again. But the thing is, is that uh, um, we have this divide that... I honestly don't know how it goes away. It doesn't. Because there's not going to be a winner, kids. Tim Pool has predicted that we are going to have another civil war. I, and he very well may be right. I disagree. I don't, know. I don't know that it would be a civil war like the civil war in the 1860s. I don't know. No, there, I don't think so. But. I, violence, I could, I could potentially see. Yeah. But, in, but in genre specifically, I don't know how this goes away. Because, because again, you're not going to win. It's not going to. Neither go away. side is going to win. It's not going to go away because because, because the in in the case of the Hugo, for instance, the Hugo has become irrelevant. Nobody nobody cares about the Hugo. Is your book selling? Great. That's a, that. It's a success. A lot of people look at the Hugo Award, and I'm not going to read that book. Well, no, you're going to say that. 
within a certain segment of the populace the Hugos have become relevant because for other segment it's probably still relevant. Well, for a lot of people, nobody even knows who the Hugo Award is. Well, that's right. But in, in in within within fandom, again, because people make up their minds, and again, people are not. There's not like a hard line because I've seen people who, especially you know, and like I said. I very outside of legal Twitter because usually it's I've got a funny court story, uh-huh. you know, and and you know what? It's kind of safe in the funny court story realm. You should you should look at Data Racer one one seven his account. It's very interesting because he can he he has uh, he has done a while saying that you know collecting. The receipts, as as they're called now, to sure, show this right, kind yeah. of thing. We have a twi- We have another Twitch comment. Mm-hmm. Look at that. That's two tonight. Uh-huh. We're we're doing really well. Yes. We have Sir Moose Jaws. Sir Moose Jaws. You want uh, you want to turn your mic on and read it? Is it something that's readable over the air? It. Eh. Uh? One. Well, <laughs> the other ones depending on how you want to look at it. Um. Oh one. no. Work. You have to turn We're all of the mic stuff on. We're talking politics. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Uh, four, I believe. This is why we try to stay away from talking politics. Well, talking? Okay. You don't have to eat the microphone. It's it's okay. It's And you have your you have a camera. It's working. So I mean, Yeah, that doesn't yeah, matter. That's not... um, it's a, Sir Moose Jaws says, I watched Parasite two days ago. On one hand, I'm glad it won picture, Best Picture. Because it was good, and I enjoyed dark comedy. But current year, it won because white man bad. I would say maybe, maybe not. My question, though. A lot of critics have loved it, so it's. I think it's a real hard. Well, my sell my question is how how do you justify best foreign film? And best film because essentially it's well because the thing is is that best foreign film is every film that wasn't made in the U.S. Right and best film is every film that was in consideration for best film. It's not distinct. It doesn't have that breakdown. No, it, it doesn't. But it's, it's like, not normal. Well, no, for it's not normal. But, but again, kind of thing you're looking, at, you're looking at a you're looking at a award show where. Every single season, going back to when it began, you can get comments from the folks who make the decisions. Yeah. And a lot of... I can't remember what... There's some magazine right now that, that published a bunch of... Interviewed a bunch of Oscar judges. Oh, okay. And it, anonymously, right? Yeah. And so they, they said things about stuff. Uh, and... In theory, they were being honest because they were anonymous, right? Sure. You don't, just don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and some of it was, wow, these are incredibly shallow decision-making parameters they have. Oh, sure. And some of them were like, I do, the, you know, it, it was like super detailed, and this is how they do it. And some folks, it was like, oh, I never saw it, so I didn't, I didn't. I was like, yeah. Well, wait, that that's your job. <laughs> and, and I and I want to thank. Job. <laughs> so, uh, what what was what was the handle, Sir Moose Jaw? Sir Moose Jaws. Sir Moose Jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a second second comment there that you're seeing, or is it something that we need to moderate and? You'd say probably. I'm gonna keep it. Let's try to... We'll skip. Okay. Um, 
But I would, I, but see, we've we've no, we've circled enough around that we've allowed subject. somebody in the audience to drag to, us kicking and screaming to, back to. Well, we've given to them the opportunity to connect everything. We tie it all together in a big bow. We're supposed to be talking about. So yes, um, yeah. I mean, I personally, like I said, um, and honestly, Joker's Joker's won a lot of awards as it is right now. It I, has. Quite, quite yeah. frankly, if you happen to be a fan of the movie. Take uh, comfort for the fact that it's won quite a few awards. I haven't seen it. I I, I looked and I thought, eh, it's not my Joker. And I'll tell and you, well, I, and it's, I, I, it, it's a it's a great love letter to Martin Scorsese. Yeah, that's the vibe that I got, and I've never been a big fan and of Scorsese. There's something wrong with that, by the way. Um, like I said, uh, Phoenix put in a fantastic performance. I think he mm. did. And, uh, I have issues with the film um, from a how it portrays mental illness argument but right. it, and we've talked about this before is that hollywood is crap at this <laughs> and this movie is no exception right no offense you know and if you like the film that's fine but from a personal level i watched it and had this there was this not the entire movie because mm-hmm. i was just like okay you're doing that thing where mental illness equals violence and the flip in the real world the flip is true the reverse is true. People with mental illness who are damaged the way that the character is in the movie, and he is target of violence in the movie, but they don't lash out. Some of them do. There's always there's, but the overall people in that kind of, it's a very nebulous mental illness they give. Them. Oh sure, it's Hollywood sure. mental illness. It's like it's, well, it's the Joker. I know, but the, there's never been an the, explanation but, entirely uh, about why he. But does if you're going to treat does. the character like this. Yeah. And you're going to act like it's it's the mental illness is what triggered this that caused all this, and you don't narrow it down. I think you end up you end up with this feeling like, and he suffers from what exactly? Yeah. And it's so I ended up watching the film and going, I'm re- it's shot very well. Craft is very good. Uh, Phoenix gives a fantastic. All, there really wasn't a bad performance in the film, but he mm. really leans into the character and does some great stuff. Yeah. Um, but ah. Uh, I just it. I ended up with a feeling that that feeling that I get when I watch this kind of movie where they deal with mental illness in the way um, that it just makes me. I just I have a really hard cringe a little bit a lot actually. But again, it's a very well crafted movie. Performances are great, but I don't think it's the best picture. I haven't seen Parasite. Um, I've actually heard I've the the I've been seeing great reviews of it for months now, but I haven't actually seen it. I want to see. Uh, what, 1914? 1917. 1917. Yeah, I want to see that because I've, I've seen behind the scenes mm. stuff. And I'm just like, from a craft yeah. level, yeah. I want to see this really badly. I have, really I, badly. one of the Quite things, much. One, of the, one of the movies that I showed Mindy really early on was Rope. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which does the same thing. Uh, it's, you know, Granted, it's this is what nineteen fifty eight something, and it was like the third time he shot the film. He, I mean, he, he made that film like two or three times. Yeah. So, uh, if you have not seen it, go look it up. Rope by Alfred Hitchcock because he does the long continuous shots yeah. too, and it's, a and beautiful, beautiful it's thing. so carefully crafted and planned because back in those days when you're actually shooting on film. You only have a certain amount of film on the roll in the camera. Right. And if it's a 400-foot roll, 
you have 10 minutes. And as I'm going and looking at the movie and I'm timing where the cuts get hidden, yeah. I know he's using 400-foot rolls. And it's so exquisitely timed and so carefully everything has to happen. And if anything goes wrong, you've got to go all the way back to the first setup and do it from there all the way through again. And 1917, given the fact that they're probably shooting digitally, which means you're not having to worry about the 400-foot magazines. You're having to worry just however much your hard drive will hold. Yeah, but then, but then they don't make it easy on themselves because they they there's a there's a clip that's making into, made its way around the web where you can see side by side uh -huh. the clip from the movie and, what and they're the doing, actual they're shot. carrying it and then and put it on a crane and driving it and, and you're watching all this stuff happen in real yeah. time and you're just going, I mean you're yeah. just bug your eye because I mean the shots match side by side it's just it's it looks like it's and it's of course has won its share of awards as well for the fact that it's. Well, you and know, Roger Deakins, Roger Deakins is is no stranger to genre. Right. Um, didn't he do? He did. Did he do Alien? No. I don't think so. Roger, because Roger Deakins has done something. Do he did something? I, Alien or Blade Runner or something in that in that time period. I want to say he's he's done some stuff. But you know, you, you go back. You know, we have the different things that we like, the different movies that we like, the different things we watch. Well, throughout 2019, if we're looking just at the best of 2019, I haven't watched a whole lot outside of what we watch to review. And there's not a whole lot there. I mean, you have the two Avengers movies, you get Captain Marvel, you've got a Star Wars movie, you have... Yeah, what else shot, came out last year? He shot a few things. Yeah. Well, yeah, Hudsucker, was... Hudsucker Proxy, Shawshank Redemption, uh, Fargo, Big Lebowski, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. Um, let's see, The Lady Killers. The Lady Killers. He shot The Village. Well, we'll forgive him for that one. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Um, uh, Skyfall. Uh, Prisoners, Blade Runner 2049. Blade okay. Runner. Yeah, there was a Blade Runner. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, 1917 is the most recent. Goldfinch. Uh, the Goldfinch got terrible reviews, but I hear it was pretty. Um, well, Deacons is a phenomenal cinematographer. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of these films have a very... Barton Fink. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, he has uh, uh, Sid, and Nan Sid and Nancy. Um, 1984. Uh, the, the, the 1984... Not the commercial, movie. the movie. Right, no. The, the 1984 one, that would have been um, the... Um, um, one with John Hurt. One of the classic versions of you know, 1984. That makes me wonder who was the cinematographer on on the 1984 commercial that that Ridley Scott did, because that's that's some pretty that's some pretty good cinematography oh, yeah, in there yeah, as well. Totally a lot of production design. Uh, well, so I was, yeah, I was going I was going through the year in 2019 for science fiction, and when you look at by the way, um, in the in memoriam section of this program would be Vonda McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Uh, we lost her last year. Um, and uh, that was the major, wasn't the only death in genre last year, but in terms of science fiction. Uh, she well, there were a few. Of, she was probably the biggest. Yeah. 
Um, so we're looking at, at last year's movies, and I was going through here and I was kind of surprised how few there were, first of all, um, because there were not that many science fiction films last year. Um, and by science fiction film, we're, we're just counting genre all, all across, so superhero movies, right, science fiction right. movies, space movies, any of that. Right, right. And, and we got our share of spin-offs last mm -hmm. year and sequels and all those different things. Um, so yeah, uh, Avengers, Captain Marvel, um, I think that was our uh, Spider-Man Far From Home right. was, okay. our, was our Marvel output. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, X-Men Dark Phoenix. I know we're trying to forget X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh. Phoenix. Um, but uh, so DC had Shazam, um, Joker. Aquaman. Uh, wait, wait, no, was, was Aquaman? Aquaman was, was 2018. Yeah. Okay. Reign of the Superman was the animated. Right, uh, right. Uh, which I thought was... Not bad. Not bad. I just It, it, it felt too compressed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I read the original storyline when it was new and it was not compressed. Oh. Um, so you had your superhero films and, and of those, probably easily Avengers Endgame. Now, uh, would you count Crisis on Infinite Earths? Because it was on television, but it was a big event. But it rolled into this year, so it counts as this year's stuff. No. Uh, Bebo. Uh, Bebo. I, Godzilla came out last year. King of the Monsters. Mm -hmm. Hellboy, which was... Didn't do very didn't well. Didn't do very well. Uh, Glass, which was not the best of endings for what had a really promising start with mm -hmm. Unbreakable. All right. Uh, and uh, Men in Black International, which a lot of people have seemed to are trying really hard to forget. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because it really did, that really was a fantastic cast, and it's just like, huh? Shows what happens. You don't have a good script. Um, well, and again, that's another one where the marketing and the publicity uh, went mark, a mark, certain market, way. Marketing and publicity aside, the script is wasn't very good. Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying is when you look at when you look at okay, there's there's two aspects of it where the politics play into the thing and you have the people that are made that made it mm -hmm. and they're doing their interviews like Ewan McGregor does with Bird of Prey or you know you have the publicity department and you have the way the commercials are made or where the mm. trailers show and all that there's that then you have the publicity you have the way the media covers sure, the thing right. and depending on who you're looking at, you know, and we know that for the most part, the media leans to the left. You can't, you can't say they don't because they do majority of them. And in the genre media, io9, Nerdist, mm. you know, all of these guys, we all know they all lean left. So they're going to react a certain way based on things. And some of those folks were leading the, the charge of going this is not a good movie right i'm not saying everybody i'm just saying <laughs> it wasn't in, a good movie I'm in general no i'm just saying in general you have to take everything that everybody says with a grain of salt sure well yeah okay remember folks just because a critic says a thing yeah you don't have to you can you can love a movie a critic hates and critics have been wrong um <laughs> yeah we've but, seen that with rotten tomatoes but the but the thing the thing is, that everybody hate every critic hated. You're talking about the Carpenter, the Carpenter, or the or the, pre, the, Car the prequel Car reboot. Well, sequel the the reboot thing. sequel, the reboot sequel was an, an unnecessary movie, and you yeah. went, no matter how well done it was, and it was fine. 
The special effects, they should have stuck with the practical effects. But in terms of the movie itself, it was fine. Mm. It told part of the story you didn't know, and it did it well. The thing is, is that nobody needed that... But Dear George Lucas, we didn't need the prequels. Um, yeah. it's, that, it's that same kind of thing. You didn't need to know the story. So, uh, but no, uh, Carpenter's the thing. The critics hated it. Though it came out at the same time as E.T. did. So everyone was riding on the alien, our lovable alien. Now we have the alien who is far from lovable. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that both films have continued to, to have, have, have a really incredible presence in, in the cultural uh, landscape. Oh, sure. And in terms, of, in terms of people recognizing the quality of the filmmaking and the quality of the storytelling and the quality of, of the fear when it came to the thing. Mm -hmm. So, again... Make up your own mind. Go see the movie. If you want to see the movie, go see the movie. If you don't, don't. Now, I will say this, though. Um, if we come across a movie that Tim and I both like, worry. No, no go I'm see kidding. it. Go, go see it, because odds are pretty good, because we're, right. we're, we're, we're both <laughs> having a good time. Um, well, it's like, you know, I'm sure we both enjoyed Avengers Endgame. Yes. Um, uh, did you see Godzilla, King of the Monsters? I did. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. I, I mean, it, it's another another thing where it's like I wanted more Godzilla. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I was entertained. There were there was there were some predictable tropes that I thought they could do without. Sure, sure. Um, we saw we saw you, we saw Glass together, right? I have not seen Glass. Okay, no. Um, oh, we saw Aquaman together. Yeah, but that was uh, and it was okay. Well, and uh, we both you saw Spider Man Far From Home. Yes, it was fun. Yeah, I don't uh, think it, I liked that one. I don't I don't think it was. The best Spider-Man movie, but I think it was certainly enjoyable. It yeah. was fun. We have uh, a we have another Twitch comment from Sir Moose Jaws again. Okay, yes. From Sir Moose Jaws, have you heard Birds of Prey has digitally changed its name just tonight to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey? I, the I saw that. Second film ever to change post-release through digital. Sorry, uh, I, I saw that on on social media that they were changing it. I had not seen that they changed it in the movie itself. I saw that they were changing it in the listings mm. on you know when you go to something like Fandango or AMC or you know the the movie listings for the theaters. They were changing it to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, which. Honestly, it should have been the title to begin with. Um, well, okay, look. If, for those purists out there, this is not a Birds of Prey movie because half the Birds of Prey are not in it. Well, And but, Harley Quinn was not part of the Birds of Prey. Well, but hold on. Harley Quinn's part of the, Birds the of, City Birds Sirens. Of, Birds of Prey has had more than one lineup. I know, but if you look at the original lineup, the classic lineup sure, but, is Oracle, Black Canary, Huntress. Sure, and but this be, Black Canary is not Black Canary. Be careful going down this road because the Avengers is a completely different lineup than it should be, too. Yeah, they, and things get adapted for the movies. Do not, if you're yeah. expecting things to be the way they are in the comics, please don't. You're not going to be happy. <laughs> well, the thing you're is, though, the thing is, though, for the Avengers and and for the Marvel films. Um, and like we've talked about, the 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 storylines seem to reflect more the ultimate universe yeah, yeah. as mm -hmm. opposed to the right. six one six. Aside aside but, from certain things that that are. But for the most yeah. part, I think you could say that the Marvel characters fairly resemble the Marvel Comics characters to a degree. To a degree. Yeah. Mm, to a degree. Okay, so now you get the DC characters. The DC movie characters, right, that don't really resemble 
In some in some cases, in now, some cases ba- they do not. Batman's going to no be question. Batman's going to be Batman. Oh yeah, I, I, but I Superman think... has has yet to show up in these movies. Well, this is this is clearly and and to some degree they're doing it and in, are planning to continue to do it with mm. uh, the DC Black Label. Where yeah, it's going to be this other thing. The Joker's the first one of those films. Um, that this is clearly a multiverse, <laughs> and and so and remember that, folks. When before you get too upset about any comic book character being adapted to film, it's a multiverse, folks. Except that said, that said, I've seen Birds of Prey. Yeah. And um, okay, I have my biggest problem with Birds of Prey. Absolute biggest problem with Birds of Prey. Is that it doesn't completely ignore Suicide Squad, mm. and I think the film would have been stronger if they had stepped, just sat there and went, "Okay, la 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 la," and just told and told the story. But it, it it ties too much into that that Joker that and well that, and, and that and, and that storyline. Spoiler alert: You never see the Joker. No, no. You see, you see a jawline. You see a hint. That's clearly a certain actor's jawline because oh. it's a scene from the movie. Um, and I think that I think, quite frankly, you're there's a number of things that that, and we'll see. What, I'm more interested to see what the numbers for. Personal, they're not particularly great right now. I'm more interested to see what the numbers are after next weekend. Sonic's going to kill it. Uh, maybe, Sonic the probably, Hedgehog is going to kill Birds of Prey. Um, but I read it. I thought, was it Variety or so? I don't. I don't think it was Variety. I, I, I just. I never. I'd never pay attention to the art to the names of the news site. I just mm. read the article and go. That's interesting. Um, that was discussing. Uh, I think it was Forbes. Anyway, they were discussing the 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 economics of. of That's probably Mendelssohn over at Forbes. Um, Scott Mendelssohn. And the. Uh, the issues that you get into when you take a popular character from an unpopular movie. Mm. So you're already working at a weird kind of level here. Suicide Squad was not a popular. I mean, it made money. Yeah. But but in terms of in terms of blow, you know, people not liking the movie, there was right. quite a it lot was, of it. It was not a. a so you you have a film where it's like okay, I don't, this is not. I don't really care for this film. Oh, I liked Harley Quinn in this film. Yeah. It was fun, right? And then taking that character, who, for outside of the comic book fan world, is a relatively minor character. This is the same thing that this is the same thing that you ran into with Iron Man being a second level character. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, your yeah. mileage is going to vary with that kind of comment. The thing that I've seen, and I've seen a number of comments, you know, trying to analyze what went wrong with with Birds of Prey and all of that, right? Um, the fact have a that multitude of op- oh, there's a choices. ton. Of, there's there's a yeah. There's a lot of options here. One is the fact that you've got Margot Robbie as a producer, hmm. and because hardly the first actor to, to, now, to do that's, this. That's true, but her and, her approach going into it was women what in charge and hired a woman director who's got absolutely no track the dir- record. The direction is fine. I, I, had nothing, I saw nothing wrong with the direction of the film. Except she didn't direct any of the action sequences. They brought in the guy who directed John Wick yeah, to do those. And, and they said that you could tell there's a difference. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, I would say, well, yeah, to some degree you can because the tone is different. And the thing is, is the other thing is, is that they do something with this movie that I think um, is a little hard on going to be a little hard on some audiences mm. and that is the tone shifts 
a lot. Yeah. And part of that is trying to show that Harley's mental tone shifts a lot. But the problem is, is that um, if you're not as familiar with the character, that's that's not the tone you get in of the character. In, you you get a, fly, a character whose pers whose whose personal tone shifts mm -hmm. in in Suicide Squad. Um, but if you're not familiar with the character, if you're not a comic book reader, um, then you're not necessarily going... The, the movie is asking you to know things about the character or trust things about the character right. that I don't know. And it, it, if it's work, if it works for... Like I said, I, I enjoyed the movie, but I also I, sat there and walked, and, and walked away from it and said this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think it's... I would I mean, like... It's fun, but... I would like to see a Harley everybody. Quinn movie with Harley Quinn. Like the animated series original, the real Harley Quinn. Or a real Harley Quinn. That, it's a multiverse. That's the Harley Quinn. Because, and and the people who came up with her, Paul Dini and, mm -hmm. and those guys, the, the, the complaint, and you saw this with Catwoman uh, later on with the outfits and, and the whatnot, is the sexualization of Harley that came out of Arkham Knight video game. Oh, sure. And the fetish outfits and the leather and the and the and the buckles. Which they and all honestly that. go far. They away don't from do that in these movies. Right. Very but they also don't make her look attractive at all with any of these outfits that she's got on because they're just wild hot topic I'm, outfits. I'm I'm gonna say that um, and this is a personal opinion and you can take it for what it's worth, they at no point do anything to diminish the fact that on a purely objective level, mm. Margot Robbie is a very attractive woman. In my opinion, nothing that she's wearing in the course of this movie yeah. hides that. There's uh... personally, I would never wear any of the things that she wears. <laughs> but I not don't even not even for a thousand dollars. Well, for a thousand dollars, well, no, not uh, not about... you couldn't convince me to do it. Now, I did see also there's a there's a YouTuber named Young Ripper. Uh, young Rippa, thirty-five. I don't know. He's a he's an African American gentleman, and he's very very well spoken. Um, and he did an analysis uh, of the movie, and I haven't seen his review of the movie, mm -hmm. but I did see a video where he talked about the fact that Black Canary in this movie is actually Vixen because they took the look. Of Vis Vixen yeah, visually, visually she's up, but it's also gave her to Black Canary. But it's the it is the second generation superhero. Um, she is spoiler alert. Yeah, but the, the second movie. generation Black Canary is still Dinah Lance Black Canary. She's blonde and she's white and she wears well, the, but again, the leather. It's and, a multiverse, yeah. and it doesn't. In this, some of this case, it honestly doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. Except when you go, when you go to this, when you go to these films, when you go to these movies, and a certain segment of the audience goes to these movies, and they expect to see what they've what they've seen in the comic books. Sure, but the, but 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 remember that when they make these movies, mm. whether it's Marvel or DC, they're not actually making it. Folks, they're not making it for the comic book fans. <laughs> well, they're not. And, and we can circle that. Let me let me change the battery on this camera because your your camera is about to die. So yeah, I mean, so so anyway, uh, you're, no, I mean, and you can and. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with this movie, but I will tell you what, um, it does not. It's it does seem to have some choices that are part of 
DC's overall or Warner Brothers overall choices they make with, with the, problem, the DC universe. The problem with both studios, Marvel and DC, well, let me go higher than that. Disney and Warner Brothers AT&T. They are ignoring the opportunity to sell comic books. They don't care about the comic book industry. The comic book industry is dying. Comic book shops are closing. It's going to turn to something else. The comics industry is is dying. Right now, you've got all of these publishers that are treating comic books like an IP farm. What can we adapt to the next media? I mean, you look at the numbers for IDW Publishing. Sure. They're almost $60 million in debt over the last two years. And if they, if, if, if this ends up being the last season of Winona Earp, I will... Well, and Winona Earp, Lock and Key, October Faction, those are all things that have been adapted for television that are now on or mm-hmm. about to be on. And the, and the CEO of, of IDW is looking at those to possibly make the company profitable next year. That's a terrible way oh, yeah. to do this business. Now, you can argue, a lot, of, a lot of actors will argue that they make the big blockbuster films so they can go off and make the little pet project. Sure, this sure. Is, this is a legitimate way to actually raise money for your thing, whatever it is. But, However... Yeah, if you've got a studio that's making movies that are based on comic books at all, why not at the beginning... Hey, guys... Go to a comic book shop. Well, and not only that, when you when you look at what they did with, uh, Marvel even tried to lean into it a little bit on the comic book side, where a lot of their characters shifted to, to resemble look, to resemble more of the movies. Of the movies. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's a um, whatever you know. Uh, it seems like what is going to happen with the DC side of things, the Warner Brothers. Uh, it's, really, it's really interesting that the best, the best thing DC's put out, or Warner Brothers DC has put out in my mind in the last year was the Watchmen miniseries, mm. which is done. It's over. They're, they're, right. They have no intention of making a sequel. Um, well, until somebody figures out a way to well, make money and, on and the Lind- deal, right? Lindelof said, the door is slightly ajar. Well, sure, but just he, in he's, case, al- he's also made know. it very, very clear. He doesn't have an idea for a yeah, second season. No and so, yeah. and, he, and he, was, he was not thinking it. He doesn't necessarily want to think about one. But anyway, um, you just don't have... Uh, there's... There, we've talked about this before. Warner Brothers does not have a coherent plan for their thing no and but you end up with stuff like shazam you end up with stuff like wonder woman and you end up with stuff like aquaman and you know that you can put people in seats even though even though shazam didn't necessarily have the biggest numbers it got a lot people liked it it was okay i enjoyed it it was a fun movie the thing the thing that bothers me about the modern iteration of shazam is that it's not called captain marvel well besides that curse you marvel um is the fact that it's Jeff Johns' Shazam. And Jeff Johns, I think, did not take the right approach with the character. Because if you if you accept Solomon, I mean, the name is an acronym. 
And the very first letter, S, sure. stands for Solomon, who is an actual historical figure. And mm-hmm. if you re- if you read scripture, he is described as, you know, the wise one. I mean, he is he, the books, wisdom of Solomon. Comic books have never done I know, a necessarily but, good job adapting historical figures but or figures of faith. If you if you take into account that when Billy Batson becomes Captain Marvel and he has all of the other powers of Zeus, Achilles, Hercules, and 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 Atlas, Just, that he should have the power of Solomon and be wisdom. You would so, think that, but I think there's so a really good argument Jeff to be Johns made that makes the mistake of putting the 14-year-old in the body of the 30-year-old. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom of Solomon does not translate into the adult version. But And that's a mistake. But we don't I don't all, like that. But we don't often listen to our own better judgment. No, but we, often, we also don't don't stroll around acting like 14-year-olds either. Well. And we didn't when we were 30. No, I didn't no. I was in therapy when I was in thirty. So, but in in the thirties, I mean, psychologically speaking, a, a normal, healthy person, and the wisdom of Solomon. This is even more so than your normal, regular person. And, I mean, if you if you accept the the, don't uh, the different actually traits, actually disagree with you on this. Um, this Captain Marvel bothers me because mm-hmm. it's not historically what the character has been yeah the, and that the, comes from new 50 that's that's out of new 52, that's out of new 52. And, and i think that even even with the the way the character has become since rebirth they've course corrected that to some degree mm-hmm. um but i don't think as much as as you know i i the biggest thing i actually liked was the way that they dealt with the marvel family and they actually made it family sure yeah i, I that, like that, that i thought was, that, I thought was, that was really a, a nice way of handling it and also the, there was this there was a good. Uh, you don't see adoptive relationships in film that are handled well a lot. Yeah. A lot of times, healthy. it's usually yeah. This was healthy, yeah. and I really appreciated that in terms of of uh, you know. Again, we come back to the mental health, the, the the how Hollywood historically has shown certain things mm. in the real world that if you know anything about them, you're going, it's not how it works. Stop. And because what they're doing, what they're doing is perpetuating a unhealthy myth, Stereotype. which is actually damaging. Um, and because we have too many people who need who, too many kids who, who need a good home. And, uh, and the fact that there are a lot of people out there who want to take care of them, um, should be encouraged. Um, but in any event, we talked enough about DC movies. Cause there's other movies that came out last year. Yeah. That were not sequels. And really? this is, it's true. There's other stuff out there, folks. I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, there is there were there were films that came out last year that were not part of the Star Wars franchise. Uh, they were not part of Marvel Universe uh, or DC Universe uh, or a, a Men in Black or any of those other things. It wasn't a Godzilla movie or everything. There were other movies. Do tell. Yeah, um uh, uh Battle Angel Alita came out last year. Yes. And I enjoyed that film. I think that the the problem I had with that is that it does a really really good job of setting up a film that's probably not going a sequel that may not get and that's that, that's that's a chance you take I think with a direct when you're making a movie like that I think we'll eventually get one I would hope so I actually I think it. so I enjoyed it um, and and that's another movie where oh yeah 
Again, I don't want to. We we we've <laughs> talked enough about this. Let's let we and, and you know, let's just leave that. Leave it. Leave it said. It's an entertaining. Yeah. An entertaining movie. If you haven't seen it, um, I think. And a lot of people think it's better than Captain Marvel. And some people would be uh, right in thinking that, and some people would be wrong in thinking that. And guess what, folks? It's your own personal <laughs> opinion. Captain Marvel or Captain America? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see that? So, uh, no, you're not on Twitter. Variety. Try really hard to be off. Variety magazine. Typo. Really bad typo. They're doing the photographs of the red carpet. You know the appre- oh, you know they, everything, they, everything they, right. And here's either. Brie Larson, and mm-hmm. she looks fantastic. She looks gorgeous. And all this is like Captain Marvel, uh, Captain America. No, Captain of the Oscars. And everybody dragged them on Twitter. Oh, of course. Like, this is not this Captain is America. It was not a typo. That was America's ass. Yeah. But see, the thing about it is, though, this goes back. This goes back to a thing that happened in Captain America: The End. This is a book that just came out. It's yeah. a Captain America comic book. Mm-hmm. It is a Captain America comic book published by Marvel Comics, where they say Captain America created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Oh. Twitter blew up. How can you make that kind of mistake? And it just goes back to this argument that people are saying that the assistant editors and the editorial staff and the people who are in charge of Marvel don't care enough about their own damn product to pay attention, to deliver something that people are going to like. That's a disaster. Uh, yeah. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. I kid you, it's right there. There's a screenshot and everything. It's like, um, no... <sighs> but yeah, Variety magazine. Yeah. Somebody went, "Who's it? Did this person get fired yet?" <laughs> you know, I mean, how do you make that kind of mistake? Or at least get the kind of dressing down that everyone sits there and goes, "I wish I'd gotten fired." <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. uh, Ad Astra came out last year, which was the oh yeah, okay, film. yeah, Brad Pitt. Um, I uh, I enjoyed it. It's dry. I didn't see it. So here's the thing about it. I think it's. Uh, I had another friend of mine who who watched it, and they thought it was. Um, they compared it, in a way, and I'm not talking about the same kind of. of uh, um, well, okay, yeah, actually, it's 2001 meets Apocalypse Now. Hmm. And sure. or, I, okay. Yeah. Um, and or actually, 2001 meets Heart of Darkness. Oh. Which is the basis for Heart of Darkness is the basis of two uh, right. of, but I mean going back to the original kind of and it's and, and in broad strokes right, uh-huh. uh, because it's the same kind of journey up the river to the destination. I've, I've read of, Heart of Darkness right once. Um, so, quite frankly, I thought it was very well done, but it's also one of those films that if you, it may not touch you at all because mm. it's very controlled, it's very tight, it's very much a there's. What passion is in it is in the making of the film and what the characters are doing internally. Right. Which is a hard... You can tell what they're doing. It doesn't translate well to the film. Well, it, it, it either engages you or it doesn't. It, that, this is one of those films where it's very much an either-or. I think people are either like it or they sit there and go, am I supposed to care? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was well-crafted. And I think as we're seeing, you'd probably enjoy it in the same way that I enjoyed it for how it referenced 
the feel of 2001 and some of the story elements and things. Mm -hmm. But you'll you'd also notice that it's like, yeah, but it's the bones of the story are Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Or Heart of Darkness. And there's something wrong with that. It's certainly, but it's basically a science fiction adaptation of that of that quest to find I, yeah, the person. I, I read Heart of Darkness in my senior year in high school, I mm -hmm. think. I didn't like it. Did you like Apocalypse Now? Um... Yeah. I admire the craft of that movie more than I admire, and the performances that I admire the movie, which is yeah. one of those things where it's like it's the individual pieces I like. But, I'm, I'm hesitating. And I it's, it's I'm hesitating of, because I'm sitting here thinking, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember seeing it. Uh, I don't remember watching it. Um, because there's part of me that's there's there's part of me that is mind melding Apocalypse Now and Platoon. Sure, right. And I'm gotcha. seeing, I'm a little like, that's not Platoon, it's not Platoon. I right, saw yeah. Apocalypse Now. I, I'm sure I've seen Apocalypse Now, but it's one of those things where now you start to wonder, did I see Apocalypse Now? Because I think I did. I, I would I'm say pretty you might sure enjoy it. You enjoy, might enjoy Ad Astra. Um, but I don't, I think it's, it, it, has a, it has a dryness to the storytelling, which I think yeah. um, is not going to be of appeal. Brightburn came out last year, which was the, the Superman horror the story. Superman horror story, which I thought was okay. I think I thought it was a clever idea that honestly could have been half its length. It could have been a TV episode or something yeah. of a dark of a dark TV anthology kind of horror show. Um, and I I knew how it was going to end within oh sure halfway through. I was just like I know how this movie's going to end. So um, let me let me ask you this because that that makes that makes me think if, if Brightburn as a TV show. Um, uh -huh. Richard Meyer says when he saw Birds of Prey, mm -hmm. he said it's it's a very, it's a pretty good CW show as a movie. How how apt is that compared? Would you say that Birds of Prey has that feel to it as? Um, I, honestly, you could have stripped out. The only reason the film is rated R is the language mm. uh the violence uh, i know there's one scene in the film in particular i'm thinking of which i personally and it's supposed to you're you're supposed to be uncomfortable when you watch it sure you're, you're supposed to not feel good um and if you do feel good when you watch that scene seek help um but um uh with the exception of one scene and the language you could strip it out and make it pg-13 yeah um, I think that I think this was this was another poor decision on on the part of marketing uh, how they how they planned to make this movie. Yeah, could because have... Harley, the, one of the biggest audiences for Harley is fourteen to seventeen year old girls. You would think so, and quite frankly, if you if if you're a parent of one of these girls, then wants to go see it, I would say, and you want to go see it with them, take them. Because you're not going to be the violence level is I mean there's there's plenty of violence yeah. but it's none of it's like it's comic book violence not Goodfellas violence oh it's or... definitely not Goodfellas violence no okay uh, I mean literally you will see somebody Harley Harley gets her mallet or a version of her mallet in the movie and she gets oh. to swing it but yeah um, it's not like you know blood splatters the screen or anything do do I see another comment over on Twitch 
Did I see? Oh, um, I thought yeah. I saw some. Yeah. Sir Moose Jaws was saying, uh, has said, let's see, I couldn't get over Alita Battle Angel's central premise that there is an elitist exclusive floating paradise city that lets poor people, based on their ability to win roller derby. Other than that, it was a fun movie. And then they also say with Ad Astra seemed to have a large attachment theory theme with Brad Pitt gradually leaving his walled off personality behind and letting his wife in yeah yeah i would say so i think that i think that that's a lot of what i was trying to what i was thinking of when i was thinking of the fact that their internal story yeah was there the uh, in many ways the more interest where, where all the where the where the action was happening was the uh, was the internal stuff um like i said i i think it's worth worth definitely worth checking out um escape room <clears throat> which oddly enough i think uh a lot of people will consider sort of horror-ish. No. Um, which I haven't seen. Can't say anything about. Um, uh, Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> it's strictly speaking a science fiction movie. It is. It is. You have an augmented villain. And who who is reveling in the fact that he is basically, as he says, I'm black Superman. And yeah. he's, he's reveling in his superpower. Well, and, and now you got to go back and wonder if... All of the rest of them have enough tropes that they can at least be no, comic book movies. Here's, maybe here's maybe the superhero thing. movies. Not, uh, there are certainly a lot of comic book fans in the cast, like Hancock. It, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, that Hancock is one of those films where it's like fifty percent of this film is just one great idea, <laughs> and fifty percent of this film is boy, you didn't know what to do with that one great yeah, idea. Did yeah. You? Um, I Am Mother came out last year, which is a, um, a post-apocalyptic robot story. Got great reviews, have not seen it. I don't know that I heard about um, it. It's basically this child is being raised by a robot. Huh. And uh, being the, the robot is all the child knows right. until one day another human comes across them and things change. Um yeah. Not universally great reviews. Some, there's always somebody who didn't doesn't care for something. But overall, the reviews are all pretty solid in terms of... And a lot of it was because you had these actors who were working essentially either two, one actor playing off another for the entire movie mm. or one actor playing off a voice. A machine. Oh, you know, sure. machine. So um, really, really praises for the performance. Um, uh, uh There was not a lot. There was a lot. There, there were other films. I, there's some of the, quite a few of these I haven't seen. Um, Boss Level, Captive State, Chaos Walking, Code Eight. Um, some of these I'm like I don't even know what this I is. Have, it's somebody I haven't um, even heard of some of these. Farmageddon, uh, a Shaun the Sheep movie. <laughs> just, oh, did that come out last it year? It came out last year. I haven't seen it, and oh, I, I sat there and I went to see that. I want to see this. I see that. Those are fun. I I remember when I was when I was younger and mm -hmm. when my kid was a kid. You know, we'd watch Disney Channel, of course, because, you know, you've got to get your daily dose of the Wiggles. Sure. But uh, Shaun the Sheep, there was a series, you know, he had a series. and I enjoy I, Shaun the Sheep. I think it's fun. fun. It's, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. actually, I, I really want to see is, that. Is, uh, I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even realize I was out. Uh, Happy Death Day to you. I saw the first Happy Death Day. Mm. And, um, um, and not a spoiler. Well, I... Mm, okay, if you haven't seen Happy Death Day, the first one, it's spoiler. It's a time loop. Yeah, 
thing. Um, it's like Groundhog Day, only with, with death, with murder, yes. and, and it's actually a lot of fun. And the second film is a different tone, has the same, a lot of the same cast, has a different tone, mm. and unfortunately, it looks like we're not getting a Happy Death Day three, which a lot of people were looking forward to because they, they these happen to have been fairly popular films. Yeah. Um, right. And um, let's so let's see, there was that Gemini Man. Didn't see Gemini Man. That's the one with Will Smith. Will Smith and the digitally aged yeah. Will Smith. Will Smith. Um, I've heard wildly divergent reviews on this. Mm, yeah. Some folks who have just been like, this is awful, and some folks who have just praised it, and quite frankly, great, because it means I get to make a bone man, because <laughs> it's how I do it anyway. But it's also, it's they're so different, yeah. and so much so different, it's kind of like going... Did they see the same movie? I know. And no. and honestly, you can have that where you can literally have two critics who watch a movie mm -hmm. and they come out and you go, you didn't see... Were you yeah. in the same theater? We were sitting next to each other. I don't believe you. The Last Jedi is one of those movies. You, you had your eyes... One of yeah. you had your eyes shut. And one it was... Um, Thomas in the chat. Yes, I was younger at one point. Many moons ago. Long, long time ago. You... you <laughs> we were all younger. Yeah. In fact, I'm... I was younger a second ago. Um, okay, so now... Funny were, how that works. Yeah, we could go into TV, but we're not going to because we're staying with movies because there's a lot of TV stuff that happened with science fiction um, and video games. There's a lot of... There's a, well, see, and that's and that's the thing. There's this. There's been this huge renaissance, almost, oh, yeah. of science fiction on the small screen. And the Arrowverse is just one aspect of that. But you've got The Expanse, you've got Winona Earp, you've got... Um, uh, the Boys, uh, Doom Patrol, Good Omens is a yeah. series. His Dark Materials from the BBC, which is looking, like, which is looking like it's going to get a second season. Yeah. Uh, Roswell, New Mexico got a reboot. Um, Project Blue Book. Snowpiercer supposedly came out... I, I don't know that it's... I don't know that it's coming out yet. I think it was scheduled for 2019 it was, and it got bumped yeah, back. Yeah, I think they're it's still on the, shooting. It's it. on this list, and I'm like, eh, it didn't come yeah, out. No, it, I, uh, Swamp Thing, which um, yeah. again, thanks DC, you get you actually bring together a really fantastic cast and crew, and then but 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 I know it showed up in the it showed up in Crisis, know, so but, there's but a the, possibility maybe look, somewhere it folks, shows up later. The folks who make that particular production crew. Apparently, as comic book fans, yeah, based on, on what they do, uh, Watchmen, of course, uh, was uh, War of the Worlds uh, became a British was a British TV uh -huh. series again yep. um, with mixed reviews. I didn't see it, but I wanted to. I, 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 I want to see it too, see but it. It, reviews have been have been mixed. Um, but we also kept those. Are, that's all new stuff. Mm. So we also kept the One Hundred. We kept Black Mare, uh, Cloak and Dagger, although it's going to be the last season. Yeah. Um, well, and this is this this was the last season of the One Hundred, I think. It's done. Uh, I th yeah, I think so. Um, uh, the Expanse got its season four, yeah. which was excellent. If you if you've not seen The Expanse, best science fiction on television, best. Well, it's on, well now it's on Amazon, um, but We've got best the, hard the, SF on television. The Orville. The Orville, which is a great Star Trek series. Um, the Punisher got a second season, um, uh, and it's done yeah. because all the Marvel shows are done. Right. Um, Stranger Things, of course. Uh, Star Trek Picard made its premiere. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, Star Trek Discovery second season, which was better than season one. I think actually uh, leaned a lot more into that positive worldview mm. because they brought Pike in and, and as an inspiration for the crew. I, think I have solid. I have season two on disc. We got it as part of the. 
the you know the media here's mm-hmm. your copy yeah and i still haven't sat and watched it i can't motivate i can't get motivated to watch it and, and i don't and know why I'm well, like, because oh, it, it's it, you don't have to i know but it's okay See, it's, and it's okay for me to like it and you know well and and <laughs> and this is something that i keep circling back to and and this has come up in my head a number of times mm. where doing what we do i feel a certain sense of obligation to know as much as i can sure you know watch as many shows as i can watch as many movies as i can be as familiar as i can with the stuff going on in the genre you know i haven't read the latest comic books. I haven't seen. You know, I, haven't, I don't play video so games. But there's so much. There's so much of it, though, Jason. You've only got know, so many hours in the day. I know, and that's and that's a problem. I was like, well, and I be, need and, to know and, this stuff. And I, when you I, get when you, time. when you have this wealth, this 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 wealth of this, you know, embarrassment of riches is the term. Uh, yeah, because we don't have wealth. <laughs> yeah, but embarrassment of riches um, with this kind of content, where it's all this different stuff. I literally do not have the time. To watch all of these TV series, um, and you know, Legion, um, Krypton. Uh, you know. We still haven't seen the last season of uh, Jessica Simpson. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Jessica um, Simpson. That's a completely different that's a show. Different show. <laughs> completely different. Um, show. So I mean, there's just simply no way for me to go through and watch all this stuff on a regular, a regular, which is which is unfortunate because there's a lot of great content out there. Wow. Um, now, here's one that you are going to have even less experience with. There are a lot of great horror films that came out last year. Yeah, I haven't. I don't pay attention uh, so, to horror. At so, so your your favorite your favorite science fiction film from last year? My favorite yeah. science fiction film from if, last if year. If you had to, if you had to give one the best picture. <sighs> if I had to pick one, oh uh, well. Okay. Uh, All right. No, no. Okay. Let's make it a twofer. Best, favorite one, best picture. Uh, if you had, and and again, we're limiting stuff, you know, fav- stuff you've seen. Favorite one out of the, okay, so out of the ones that I've seen, favorite one I would say would be Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Best sure. one would probably be, I'm gonna say maybe Infinity War. Infinity War, I think, is better of the two in terms of craft and structure. I think that. But that really was a 2018 film. Was it? And it's okay that, that I mean... See, it all starts running it together. Blurs together. It blurs together. Marvel blurs. puts films out... Thomas says he's watching Avenue 5. That's the that's the HBO space yacht comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. the, I know. That just, that just started, too. Lo- yeah. What is it? Love Boat in Space? Or only, something with Hugh Only, only not. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious about that one. Um, I haven't I haven't watched Jodie Whittaker's run on Doctor Who. Right. Um, I haven't watched Discovery. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that's out there that I haven't I, I haven't I haven't caught up with the CW stuff. We sat and watched the Crisis mm-hmm. crossover, but I haven't watched the season of any yeah. of those shows. Right. Uh, I haven't watched any of Black Lightning uh, or Black Mirror. Or I haven't seen the last. I, I haven't, haven't seen the, seen the last season of, of. See the and and honestly, the exp, of all of all the stuff that's coming out, I think you would probably. I saw the first. I think I saw the first season of the Expanse, and I've seen the first two seasons of Winona Earp. I think. 
Yeah, I'm looking. I'm so looking forward to when we're coming I back. I just it's get one so. Of my, there's there's so, so much. So much. Yeah. yeah, you got to figure out what what it is you're gonna. Um, Got to pick your battles. For me, looking at last year's films, I haven't seen Alita Battle Angel. I, I keep wanting to you see should, that. Yeah, one. I think I, I think you see you'd probably enjoy it. I think it's I think it's actually it's it's well done. I hear it's better than Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's a completely different kind of movie. It's a hard. It's yeah. it, you, it's not a one to one. Uh, although Captain Marvel to me is a fairly ordinary Marvel movie. Marvel movie. It does. It doesn't stand out for being. It's it's no, part of it, the Marvel it, universe. It's, it's yeah, and it's not as good as people make it out to be. I think one of the reasons why it succeeded with the box office the way it did was because it was sandwiched between two Avengers movies. Which is and which is oh, you've got to watch this in order to watch the next one. Yeah, for, it was it, um, it was a bait and switch. There was not a lot. I I don't know. A favorite film. We got another. Twitch comment there. Favorite science fiction film from last year. Um, yeah, it's hard. What's Winona Earp? Winona Earp is. Is that is that Moose Jaws? Is it is. Um, picture, if you will, <laughs> a screw up who comes back to her home hometown that she walked away from years ago, who's a descendant of Wyatt Earp, and. Um, discovers that her destiny is to fight the damned who... With a magic gun. With a magic gun. And it is uh, uh, alongside the undead or undying Doc Holliday. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it is... It's fun, though. Funny. It's it is fun. so funny. And the, the, the cast is perfect. It's a very well-done show. Um, the humor is... Um, just, I mean, it's 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 such a well-written comedy, mm -hmm. and it's a great action show, and it's got great villains, which yeah. is important when you got this sort of thing, um, and it's just fun. I cannot I cannot recommend this show enough. It's based on a comic book from IDW Publishing, and it's fairly faithful, all which things considered. Is nearly bankrupt. Yes, <clears throat> and one of the best things, and they put out a lot of really high-quality work, which is why this is unfortunate that they are not. Well, and and the the irony is that well. The fact that IDW is so in the red actually had an impact on the mo on the TV series right. because we almost, we almost didn't get season four because there's yeah. no money. And sci-fi even ponied up more than yeah. what they were expected to pay for the licensing fee in order to try to get this thing to go because they wanted season four and IDW kept kept dragging their feet because yeah. they don't have any cash. And and uh, every Terrible now and again, way to run a railroad, by the and, way. And the, every now and again, you see a really good examples of positive fandom. Uh. And the fans of Winona Earp seem to be... Yeah, Earpers um, are great. Earpers are great. Um, and and like I said, it's just, it's just a fun show. If you haven't seen it, it's like three seasons are out. Um, it is... Um, it's just fun. Four seasons is probably all we're going to get, though. I'm, I'm, and that makes me sad inside and outside. Tears, <laughs> um, or at least quiet sniffles when no one can see me. Or like, oh, wait, that's just my sinuses. Never mind. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, uh, I just don't know for tea, for movies last year. I don't know that I had a, a favorite movie last year in in science fiction. It's hard to pick, especially if you don't see them all. Right. You know? I mean, I think that's that... not really fair to pick out of the ones you've seen. 
you could be missing the one that's the better one of the ones you didn't see. I suppose my favorite of uh, any of the ones that we've talked about would probably be Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. But it's not the best... I don't know, it's certainly not the best picture. Anyway, um, I, I want to touch a little bit on horror, even though it isn't your your area, because there were some really great horror films that came out last year. Us, mm, yeah. of course, you came out last year. said a lot year. of good things about that one. Um, I think that if... Uh, oh, and, and, of course, uh, that Peel was able to go on and make uh, the Twilight Zone Twilight series. Zone. Yeah. Um, and um, Doctor Sleep, actually. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. It's very, about it, that one. it's it's very much a film that that I think that, that the mixed review response is um, fair. Mm. Um, I've heard the director's cut, even though it is like thirty minutes longer, actually feels better in terms of tone. There's some there's some character moments, but I I quite enjoyed Doctor Sleep. No, um, and um, I haven't read the novel though. That may be part of it. I've I've not actually read the. I so there's no way that you could compare not the one, actual not story a one to one. as opposed to. Well, I've, I'd, I'd actually yeah, read that they changed the ending yeah. a little bit, and they also read that, of course, the novel doesn't follow the movie continuity. It follows King's novel continuity, and the movie follows both. They did very. They had found some clever ways to make it both a sequel to both Kubrick's the novel movie and the book. And, yeah, something that was I heard that was. At least I heard it was quite clever. Mm. I found the film to work pretty well. Um, um, there was another one on here. Uh, it Chapter 2, not as good as the first one. The right. first one was a much scarier film. It's chap it Chapter 2. I, I, there's a review I wrote for it on our yes, very website. Uh, feel free to check out my opinion on, on why I didn't think it worked as well. Um, I finally got to see Midsummer. Yeah. I liked it, but it's one of those films that it is a kind of tone. I'm surprised that horror that horror fans overall embraced as as much as they did, because it's the kind of film where if you're a horror fan and you're going in looking for a certain thing. Right. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't cooperate and give you the certain thing, but it's very well done, and I, I thought that I, thought, I, I enjoyed it. It is not a comfortable movie, especially towards the end, as a horror film should not be. Um, but yeah. uh, let me ask you this: because we were talking the other day, Mindy and I were talking about the Fantastic Four, mm. and <clears throat> it came up in conversation the body horror aspects. Oh, sure. Yeah. Of those characters and you and I have talked about if you do a Fantastic Four movie it has to be set in the 60s it You've should be do yes that. it you really should, should be. be so let me ask you this with with science fiction horror films becoming the you know it's that's just the normal thing anymore would you do the Fantastic Four would you lean into the body horror stuff as horror or as humor, because you could go d either way. I mean, because in the in the Fantastic Four movie with Chris Evans as as Johnny Storm, right? You know, you've got the humor. He's like, look, look, look at what I can do. Except all over, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, you, and I think I think that's one of the problems that that with the they had with the reboot, the failed, very failed reboot, um, is that 
if they they danced up to an edge of no. body horror and didn't lean in enough. And then go and, all the way into because it. if you're if you're gonna go with that tone, just go. Yeah. I mean, just run. Um, and and interestingly enough, there's some of that in the ultimate universe, but not much. I I tell you what, if it's if they keep it, if they put it in the '60s like they should, don't lean into the body horror. Mm. If you put it in modern day, give me 15 minutes of body horror, and then show them moving past it as a family. Yeah. Because it's the first family of Marvel, right? So the, you, the family aspect of it is I think is what saves it. Yeah, and I think I think as that that's as, as far as that part of it. And I think that that it's there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with leaning into the body horror because there's just all of these characters were transformed in shocking ways, yeah. right? Um, but don't go so far. Don't lean, don't go Jeff Goldblum in the fly. <laughs> you know, and if you're gonna do that, and if you're gonna do that, do like they did, and and, and again, Brightburn was just okay, but file off the names and give me Fully invest give me four four characters who are you know yeah just lean into the horror yeah. full bore, and then you can sit there and have enough. You can have the kind of Fantastic Four references that Incredibles has, you know, where it's like clearly this is we couldn't get the rights to the Fantastic Four, yeah. so we're gonna make a fan. no. but. Yeah, I mean, because you just... I, did I tell you I had an idea for Incredibles 3? I, I don't think so. I've even designed some artwork. Oh, really? Yes. Um, hmm. Because, well, okay. Uh, we uh, Now, we'll do it another time. Okay. Because I, I, I kind of want to show it off. <laughs> oh, sure. Right. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, the thing is that there's, there's room for horror... In, in both Marvel and DC, um, the idea that we might get a, you know, another talking about Justice League, uh, Dark getting, coming yeah. coming to a viewing platform near you. Um, you know, having, you know, Swamp, they had an opportunity with Swamp Thing. And, um, and they really, in the course of the TV show, they leaned into it in places. And they also did, they also did something that really really worked very well with character. They developed characters in the TV show, which was how you do this, right? Funny in, thing, that. In theory. Um, but you, you know, Marvel, how much How much is Sam Raimi's involvement going to change it from being, because they're, they're talking about Marvel's first horror movie, right? Yeah. And Doctor Strange now, and now, of Madness. Sam Raimi can make horror. Yeah. But... Is is you know. is it going? Yeah, but see, then then the question becomes: Is it us type of horror? Is it tales from the crypt type of horror? Is it Evil Dead horror? Well, or is you it know, Evil Dead reboot horror? I mean, how, what kind of horror are you looking at? I think for that Doctor Strange too know, was. Quite frankly, I would say lean lean hard into. I would say lean hard into Evil Dead remake horror but in the Doctor Strange universe and playing to the fact that Do a lot of his rogues galleries mm. are extra dimensional Lovecraftian beasties yeah and just sit there and I mean we get we get to get a glimpse of that in, in the first Doctor Strange movie go psychedelic go big go extra dimensional bad guys but you've got to have the Oldsmobile well if you have to. got you got to have the Oldsmobile <laughs> there's just there's places to do it. Um, yeah, they're talking about getting another Blade movie, right? Yeah. So. Oh, they are going to make it. I know. They so cast him. We need to have, you know, uh, how much, you know, the the 
Wesley Snipes movies danced up to a certain edge of horror, mm-hmm. right? And didn't, you know, you know, I say push it all the way past, just go full bore. And then you've got this whole Marvel universe of of uh, of characters you can run horror with. Well, Morbius. More, well, yeah, that's and, possibly going to. And be the a thing. trailer looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I can say at this point. It's like it's a trailer, yeah. and it seems to be somewhat familiar to what what I expect from the character. It feels very divorced from the Spider Universe, which it is. But it also seems strange to me that it feels seems mm-hmm. very divorced, just because it's yeah. you know. Best, okay. uh, my personal horror film uh, favorite from last year um, would not actually be Us, although it is probably a, one of the fi- one of the finer films yeah. of last year. Um, my favorite one, get this right here, come on, of uh, is Ready or Not, which is the game of hide and seek. In the uh, horror context. Is it Margot Robbie in that one as it's well? It's not, no, no, but the actress looks quite a bit like her. She's a bride? Uh, it's uh, Samantha Weaving. Samara, okay. Samara Weaving? Hang on, that can't be right. Is, it, is that right? Um, That's the one where she's the bride. She's the bride, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, Samara Weaving. I did, I did have that right. Um, and it's not a great movie. But, oh, I had so much fun watching it. <laughs> it is it is a well-crafted mix of horror and comedy. Yeah. And it's and the comedy is usually of the black humor variety. Oh sure. And it's, you know, basically, you know, there's a there's a running gag about about this survival rate of the uh employees of this family um that is just I mean it's it it it's the three joke beat. Oh, sure. And you're sitting there going Okay. Yeah. I know where this is going. Oh, they did it! Okay! <laughs> it's fun. And and I highly, if you haven't seen it, uh, a lot of critics really seem to enjoy it. It's not, you know, the, it, it, there's criticisms to me of the film. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. It's re- it was probably my favorite favorite horror film of last year. Okay, so Ready or Not, Us, yeah. Ad Astra, the, uh, uh, and not necessarily the best, but these are movies that we need to catch up on. I think so, yeah. Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one we sat there and said we needed to watch? Um, uh, oh, um, uh, it's uh, um, yeah, uh, that one. No, no, no. It's it, I, I will answer the question because it needs to be uh, Farmageddon. Farmageddon, yes. <laughs> and right. that's where we should leave. And that's where we will leave things. <laughs> watch tonight, the sheet movie. So. Um, uh, we do want to welcome <laughs> Sir Moose Jaws as a new follower yeah, over welcome. on our Twitch channel. Um, and that takes us up to I think now seventy. And over thank there. you, and thank you for for in, uh, talking to us. Yeah, we, we appreciate, appreciate uh, participation in the chat, Thomas and Robert and, and Sir Moose Jaws. Yeah, and, we love it when you guys talk, uh, uh, engage in the conversation with us. Yeah, and so we will do this all again next week. Don't forget that you can get a ten percent discount at superherostuff.com when you enter the promo code sci-fi for me ten, and that's going to do it for us. This week, we're back to our regular schedule. We'll be back next week. It's President's Day. Yeah. So we'll do a President's Day edition next week. Considering how many presidents there have been in uh-huh. genre. there and, and and we will have plenty of opportunity to digress, I'm sure. But we will stay on topic Ooh, as us. much as possible. So. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ian Makovic. What? From our last. 
So, so from our last show, programming note here, from our last show, uh, not my, not, not, I wasn't You were not it. here. You were here. Uh, Mindy was here. We got uh, a, a Dr. In Malcolm sent by a fan no, because, sexy yeah, I'm not going to call it sexy in Malcolm. You this is Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> Uh, from Jurassic World. This is a collector, uh, one of the collector's editions. Uh, a gift from a fan, so thank you for that. I suppose we should probably... Oh, knock things over. Uh, maybe put our mailing address somewhere so people can send us stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to do that, but we could do that. Send us it, Funko Pops. And, yeah, Funko Pops and Lego kits and money and... Yeah, because we've got C two E two coming up in Chicago. We got to figure true. out how we're going to pay for that. It'd be nice so. to be able to pay for that. Uh, speaking of which, we do have a Subscribestar account uh, over there, subscribestar.com slash sci-fi for me. And in the show notes, there is a link to a PayPal tip jar as well. And funny story. Well, it will end with funny this. peculiar. Or well, funny, ha ha. Yes, it, I, I'll. We'll leave with this. YouTube, I, I've come to find out, takes. 55% of the ad revenue and the super chat revenue. And yeah, you know, when anybody comes in with super chat, and oh, they give sure, us $25, yeah. we get 12. Oh, okay. It's a 45, 55 split. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to say, I'm going to encourage people to use the PayPal tip jar from now on. Yeah, <laughs> like, Cause we get best. to keep all of it. So there's that. But yeah, any, any support that you have uh, that you'd like to give to throw our way. And that comes participating in the chat sharing links, sharing the channel, uh, giving us thumbs up, leaving comments, all of that activity is is welcome. We do we do appreciate everybody who comes back and watches us on a regular basis. Right. So uh, we did drop a new Salacious Crumbs today and a new Tartar Sauce coming on Wednesday. And we'll leave it at that thank you very much for for watching tonight those of you who are listening uh, to this as a podcast uh don't forget you can watch us live on uh, monday nights even though we have faces for radio yeah we do all right and uh that's gonna do it for us tonight thanks very much for watching thanks guys Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 